I think the people of this country have had enough of experts. I've had enough of Michael If Cove. you count the legal votes, I easily win. It's time to get Brexit done. This candle smells like my vagina. It's supposed to be I shouldn't be up here. What I should be back in the school on the other side of the ocean. What the fuck is going on? Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to episode... Welcome to episode six of my bloody app. Fucking go, stop it. Episode six of my podcast, where each week I ask, what the fuck is going on? Right, I'm deleting this app. Poxy thing. What the fuck is going on? This week, Boris Johnson. How is that even happening? Right, I'm just going to ignore it. Only Boris Johnson could announce we were all free while he wasn't even allowed out himself. There are more empty shops now than at any time since all this started. There's more people have to stay at home to self-isolate than for a year. But it's the week we enjoyed Freedom Day. This could spark a whole new industry in which people celebrate things that are further than ever from happening. People can have retirement parties the day before they start their new job. August the 3rd will be New Year's Eve. Port Vale Football Club can hold an open-top parade for winning the Champions League after losing the first game of the season to Fleetwood. Freedom is marvellous. Now we can go into a shop without a mask. It's true the shop is shut because all the staff are stuck indoors because they were all pinged, so the only people who go into shops are burglars and they wear a mask anyway. But we're free! I haven't got a clue now what I'm meant to do or where nobody does. It's recommended and expected by the government that you wear a mask on a bus, but not in Zone 4, over 21 miles an hour, or at the lights on the corner of Wilsdon Junction if they're on amber, because then it moves into the green list until it turns green when it moves into the amber list. It's like a six-year-old making up a game. No, right, you're out because you weren't hopping, so now you have to put both arms in one shirt sleeve and self-isolate in the wardrobe until I say ping. If they were running the Olympics, the 5,000 metres would be halfway through, and then Boris Johnson would shout, uh, We've changed the rules. If you stick the swab up your nose, you are allowed to drive across the middle in a Range Rover. You are allowed to work, but you're not allowed to breathe, and if you're pinged in the morning, you mustn't go to work unless you work in the co-op, in which case you are allowed to gob on the cheese as long as one of your stalls comes back negative. The app that pings everyone is just magnificently useless. You get a message that says, you are part of the same species as someone who has COVID. You must live in a bucket for 10 days. If you whistle a tune that has ever been whistled by someone with COVID, you get pinged. If you dream about someone who has COVID, you get pinged and the person you've dreamt about gets pinged. So the only way to stop this is to not have the app, which is a marvellous breakthrough for medicine, that the cure for any infection is to make it impossible for anybody to tell you that you're infected. It's a shame they didn't know this in the 18th century when loads of people were dying of smallpox. Instead of mucking about inventing a vaccine, everyone could just simply have put a carrot in each ear and then everyone could say, I'm fine because I can't hear the doctor. I've deleted my ears. So instead of insisting on this app, they might as well just tell random people to self-isolate. Maybe it could be part of the national lottery and the announcer says, this week's ping ball is 22. And then anyone with 22 has to stick their head in a beehive until Tuesday. And the app that has made these things worse 
has cost £37 billion. To think, if we hadn't wasted it on this, we could have used that money to send nine more idiots into space. The government doesn't know what they're doing. They just make it up as they go along. Even mid-interview they change. Some ministers are like Jeff Stelling on Soccer Saturday sat there going, uh, No, I can categorically assure you that the only industries exempt from self-isolation are the food manufacturing... But just a minute. There's been a development in the refuse collection sector. Watching it for us is Chris Kamara. It's unbelievable, Jeff. The dustmen have just been told, no matter how many Chaps they've had, they don't need to isolate, they don't have to stick a swab up their nose, they can just jump in the bins and tip rotten vegetables through your kitchen window. It's unbelievable, Jeff. They've given up even pretending to have a plan. It's like if they were firefighters tackling a fire that's been going on for 16 months and now they're just stood there going, I don't know, I mean, we tried everything, haven't we? I mean, we tried telling people not to worry about the flames. We've said it had only burned people over 80. Then we tried to squirt some petrol to help out scheme. We tried telling people to go back into the burning building at Christmas so that they could enjoy Christmas. We tried just going on telly and saying the fire would just sort of go out in 12 weeks. Don't know why, but uh, that seemed to make things worse. So now, fuck it. Just going to leave it, see what happens. What the fuck is Right, it is my huge, huge pleasure, delight and honour to have with me this week to try and help us find out what the fuck is going on. Mr. Sean Walsh, comedian extraordinaire and a man who I've never known anyone so cheery so early in the morning, Sean. <laughs> yes, it's a pleasure to be here, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Isn't it wonderful that we have this technology that we can still do this from our own homes? Imagine how good lockdown would have been without Zoom. No one would have been able to work. We could have just stayed in. Oh, I know all these people who go, oh, thank God we had Zoom and the internet and uh, social media. But it's made it a thousand times worse. It would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? I'd rather be playing Conkers by myself. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced that I'd have been happy in the 13th century until they invented the wheelbarrow or something. <laughs> oh, no! The fucking eye barrow. Look at this bastard thing. What do I have to do? Attach the wheel to what? It's quicker to just put the twigs in your arm and carry them. Why have they made it harder? Now, the country is on the edge or in the middle of some sort of obesity epidemic or whatever you're supposed to say. One of the solutions for this, this week... Oh, you poxy thing! I've got to sit in a bucket of weeds till November. <laughs> I'm not allowed to move a single thistle. It's annoying, isn't it, when your phone's been off all day and you turn it on and yeah. you think, oh, I'm going to get a text off someone and your phone goes off yeah, yeah. and it's, no, you've got COVID. Stay in. <laughs> yes. Now, a solution that has been proposed by a chap called Dimbleby that there should be a tax put on fatty foods, so like fatty foods, sugary foods, this sort of carry on, in order to discourage people from buying stuff like that and instead to eat more lettuce and um, whatever you're supposed to eat. Is this going to sort it? Going by that logic, it would mean that <laughs> so that only rich people can put on weight yeah that is probably what they're saying and then it'll become a big symbol of of wealth i suppose like it was in the 15th century you know you'll see someone huge and think 
Oh, right, they can afford four Twixies a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it won't... I mean, I think they know what they're doing, don't they? Because it won't... Of course, if you really cared, you would just ban, you would just ban the, 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 the bad food, the sugary food. You say, well, look, this actually is really harmful for people, you know, like drugs and stuff like that. But instead, what they do yes. is they go, let's put a tax on it because, um, you know, there's a rumour going around that sugar, quite addictive. So what we'll do is we'll just put the tax up. And because it's addictive... Everyone will still have to buy it and we'll make more money. A bit like that other addictive thing called cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it is. Well, there was one MP who said uh, this is just simply a way of trying to stop people doing the things that we enjoy. And I thought, well, yeah, that's in that by that logic, then you should go. What who are these nanny state people saying that we can't have crap? Yes. Once again, they say that we can't. Uh, don't if you're if you enjoy it, then it's good for you. Yeah. Eat up your spoon, get your heroin down you, and enjoy the day. And don't listen to those bloody namby pamby, yeah. bloody anti crack smack people. No one will cut down, will they? That's not how. Well, probably not. But no. it's addictive. That's the whole point. That's why people consume it. We all know it's bad, but it's addictive, and you get a high off sugar. It's a sort of stimulant. And that's why you raise the tax. The whole thing's absolutely ridiculous. It's like my thing with smoking. You know, we, we sort of get the idea now. Not great for you. Well, in which case, let's probably just ban it. There's, real, there's no real good that comes from this. But instead of banning it, what they do is we go, so I'll make it more expensive. So that, that should probably um, persuade you to, to stop. And, and also what we'll do is we'll put the cigarettes, um, we'll put them in, we won't be able to display them. We'll put them in a cupboard behind the counter where they've always been. And all they've done is put them in a cupboard. I still know where they are. They're right there. If this strategy worked, I'd be walking around my kitchen going, I'm sure I had some cups. <laughs> oh well, I, is it going to be like the thing they do with smoking? They're going to get rid of the um, the packaging. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah, it didn't work with smoking at all. It's like, like you go up to anyone and you go, "All right, mate, do you want a fag?" Oh no, it's all right. I've quit. How'd you manage that? You're on twenty a day. Yeah, no, turns out I was just addicted to pictures of camels. <laughs> like the whole thing is absolutely nonsense. The fizzy drink manufacturers were saying, we are trying to cut down the amount of sugar that we're putting in the drinks. Yes. And I thought, how can you be trying and failing to do that? Yes. I try to only put one teaspoon of sugar in the drink. After I put the first one down, I just, this automatic impulse just took me over to the corner of the room. I picked up a huge 500 weight bag of sugar and poured it all into this vat. <laughs> I, did it, I do it in my sleep. <laughs> Now, there is one other very, very important question that we have to know what the fuck is going on about. You've got someone new living in your house. Yes, Mildred Barrett. Okay, what is that? Mildred Barrett is a, is a cockapoo. Right. So basically what's happened is I've got a dog. Now, I, I just want to warn anyone, including yourself, that do, do not be fooled by dog being one syllable. I think that's the trap I... <laughs> I fell into when my girlfriend said, you know, should we get a dog? Can we get a dog? And I thought it was dog, one syllable, dog. How much, you know, trouble can one syllable? Just dog. <laughs> it just does it. You just think, yeah, we get a dog. But it turns out something that, you know, it takes quicker than one second to say can still eat the sofa is quite terrifying. And also, I would warn anyone, I'll tell you the, one of the biggest cons. Have you had a dog, Mark? Uh, yes, I have had a dog. I had, we, um, 
it, it was quite a contributing factor to the downfall of my marriage. Yes. It was this it was this uh, uh, thing called a Padenko, which is a Portuguese hunting dog. Are you, who gets a put that? I was just saying, the clue is in the name. It's a Portuguese hunting dog. It wants to be taken to the top of Portugal, let go, oh, 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 run down to the Mediterranean and back, taking a huge chunk out of Lisbon every time it passes. And that's what it wants to do. It doesn't want to be in our fucking living room with all the energy, with more energy than Einstein could ever have dreamt of just galloping round and round like fucking atoms round the Adron Collider. Oh, oh, oh! Just destroying everything. You'd be fucking make more sense to go, I've brought a Stegosaurus. <laughs> Done that thing in Jurassic Park and I thought, oh, it looks lovely in the bloody rescue Stegosaurus place. Yes. And it's, oh, it's walked on the neighbour's house and killed them all. Yes. Come here, Sammy. Fucking thing. And so the the dog used to go out into the garden and just go, just digging. We were in Brighton. I said, you can't let it dig a hole that deep. We're in Brighton. We have protesters around here thinking we're fracking. <laughs> the con- do you remember this? Because basically, I think one of the biggest cons in in life, it's fantastic, is the dog toy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. these people, genius. For those of you that don't have dogs, if you're planning on getting dogs, is what you must do is you must buy the dog toy, and it could be a, a teddy bear or a bone or some sort of strange plastic rubbery thing, and, and you buy it, and you wave it in your dog's face, right? And it's really fun, right. it's really cute, and you chuck it, and the dog looks at you and, and then chews everything you own. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> this is all you do, right? You get a dog and you just go, what's that in your mouth? Put that down. Stop. And then finally, you get a bit of peace and silence. Why are you being silent? What's going on? What are you up to? Like, there's no peace. Even when there's peace, you don't trust the peace. People are right. Dogs aren't just for Christmas. I don't think they're for any any time of the year. I've got a lovely thing happened at the moment. My neighbour sort of um, knocked the fence down between my house and his house and the one beyond that. What? What's it was? So now there's a sort of the garden seems to go on for quite a few houses down the road. There's just one long garden. And now there's a dog from a few doors down. That I, it just comes in and sits here every day. Hang on a second. What? I don't understand why you're being so blase about your, I like it. your fence being knocked out. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It means there's sort of, you know, it's all one big long communal sort of cooperative garden. Like, you oh, know, you're something out such of a weirdo. What is wrong with you? It's good. It means you've no, got... Oh, why don't you just knock down the walls and start bathing together? Well, I'd be up for oh, that. Oh, I love it. We have a shower. I wash him. He washes me. We brush each other's teeth. <laughs> we have breakfast together. What's wrong with you? Uh, I like We've it. got walls. Privacy. No, the dog just comes. You know, first time, it was a bit of a shock. A bloody watching the tennis and the dog come in. But he comes in every day now. A couple of weeks ago, the owner came round and said, oh, my dog here. And I went, oh, it's your dog. And I went to sort of give it a back, and she just walked off and left it. Said, oh, he's all right with you. Hell, it's is my dog here. Listen to yourself. Listen to what you just asked me. You've knocked on my front door and asked if your dog is with me. Oh, my God. Right, well... I, Sean, thank you so much for coming on this morning. I think that um, we've resolved what the fuck is going on. Yes. Thank you very much, Sean Wall. Thank you.
Now, unfortunately, I don't really know much about training a new puppy, so I can't really help Sean there. But luckily, we do have with us a man who is an expert on such matters, none other than George Galloway. Let me put it to you, Mildred Barrett. Your anarchistic and individualist tantrums in which you unilaterally appropriate, masticate and devour all that you encounter, like Cycriades, the Greek dragon, is reminiscent of the marauding antics of Mussolini's black shirts. And make no mistake about it, your punishment when it comes will be no less severe than that meted out to Il Duce, the fallen dictator. That, Mildred Barrett, if that is indeed your real name, is why you will no longer be allowed on the couch. Now, MP Dawn Butler was thrown out of Parliament because she said that Boris Johnson was a liar. And there's a rule that you can't accuse anybody of lying in the House of Commons. Now, this is unfair on Boris Johnson, as he's obviously a liar. He's brilliant at it. If he wasn't a politician, he'd be working in an office telling everybody, uh, I've got a zebra at home, uh, my dad invented tomatoes, I came to work in a submarine, Liz Hurley makes my sandwiches, my mum married the Queen of Denmark, so wherever I go, I'm entitled to free bacon. Can't even answer how many kids he's got. If he took a lie detector test, it'd make a huge clunking whirring noise like a car when the gearbox falls out. It's outrageous that his colleague has been thrown out of Parliament just for celebrating this talent. But it does seem strange that the punishment is not for the person who lied, but for the person who pointed out the liar. Now, this is the place that's more famous than anywhere for being full of people who lie, and it's the one place where you get banned for saying that anybody is lying. It's like a ball stall. There were probably MPs going up to Dawn Butler saying, you're a grass butler, no one likes a grass. It's mad. It's like a lawyer pointing out that someone was lying in court, and then the lawyer gets thrown out. Or a kid in class says, Miss, Nathan set fire to the store cupboard. And then she gets sent out for calling another boy an arsonist. But this is all part of the rules of Parliament. It's mad. If you ever see the state opening when it comes on telly, it's amazing. There are valets with garters and powder in their hair and weird tunics with golden buttons. And they're walking through London, bending on one knee, carrying a golden envelope on a purple cushion. And that's got all the laws of the land in it. And Black Rod is dressed all in black with a black hood. So he's half bondage, half ISIS. And he has to bang on a door and then walk three paces backwards. And the commentators treat this as if it's all perfectly normal. Ah, the valet's wearing delightful scarlet stockings and carrying the Lord Provost designate on a settee made of parsley. And they should be going, what the fuck are they doing? What is this mad? I've never had a cheese-induced dream this mental. But they just carry on. There's the Archbishop of Canterbury firing a flamingo out of a cannon. Now he's filleting two porcupines, one to represent Parliament and one for the Crown. And this is how we're governed. 
Every time there's a new speaker, they have to be dragged to the chair to symbolise something or other. And if he had to be nailed to the wall, they'd all say, it's a marvellous tradition that symbolises the kneeling of Lord North when he was mistaken for a picture hook. No one is allowed to refer to the House of Lords. You have to call it the other place. This is how we're ruled. And they're behaving like Harry Potter when it comes to fucking Voldemort. Until 1998, no one was allowed to raise a point of order unless they were wearing a top hat. Why? Nothing would surprise you. If you turned on and saw them all sat naked in canoes smearing trifle on the wall, you'd go, oh, this must be the debate on HS2. So, liar is one word that you are not allowed to say. And here is an official list of other words that you are not allowed to say as they are unparliamentary language. Blackguard. Coward. Git. Gutter snipe. Hooligan. Hypocrite. Idiot. Ignoramus. Rat. Swine. Stool pigeon. Tart. Traitor. Sod. Now, I can't help noticing there that there are a few words missing from that list. So there must have been MPs who said, I was going to refer to the Honourable Member for Todringdon as a gutter snipe and a blackguard. However, convention compels me. Indeed, protocol enforces that I must describe him instead as an asshole, spunk-faced wank bucket who the nation would gladly see fuck off to the other place. But here's another problem. You're not allowed to lie in the House of Commons. This means if someone in the House of Commons is asked, is Boris Johnson a liar? They can't say no, as that would be a lie. And they could be thrown out. But they can't say yes either, as then they'd be thrown out like Dawn Butler. This is a serious constitutional crisis that could make Britain ungovernable. We're going to need a team of philosophers to solve this problem, muttering, they must all be thrown out, either for saying that he's a liar or for lying by saying that he's not a liar. There's no way round it. Parliament must be dissolved. The country cannot be governed. And Britain is going to slip through a space-time vortex like in an episode of Doctor Who. Look what you started, Dawn Butler. Oh, what the fuck is going on? Now, a lot of people have been asking what is going on with all of the empty shelves in the shops. And it's a very distressing subject to know what on earth we can do about it. But luckily... I was in a cafe this week and I, I heard somebody explaining what to do. Yes, well, I know 130,000 have died because Richard Madeley alluded to it on GMTV, but now it's serious because I was in Selfridges and they're completely out of shiitake mushrooms, which I was planning to use for Nectarine's taken ice cream flavour to school day. I can't think why they run out. So unprofessional. And that awful woman in the shop said... Can't you use chestnut mushrooms? So I demanded to see the manager, and she said, well, you can't because he's been pinged. And I said, well, who do I complain to? I'm sure I heard Kwasi Kwarteng say complaints are an essential industry, therefore complaint staff don't have to self-isolate. And at that point, both our phones pinged, and I said, I can't be on the same self-isolating list as you. You'll have the common Delta variant. I put the whole family down for a Fortnum and Mason's variant, and of course there's a waiting list. And Colin got pinged and told he couldn't be near anyone, so they had to send the whole workforce home because he can't stop work because he's head of marketing for Pringles across the whole of Rygate. So we've had an absolute nightmare this week because we've had the builders in to turn the basement into an underground silo to keep the 35 tonnes of artisan flour we bought from the craft baking emporium. And we couldn't keep it in the spare room that we converted into a warehouse because that's where we're keeping the eight tonnes of shiitake mushrooms I bought last week from Selfridges. Excuse me, this courgette milk, is it fresh? 
what the fuck is going on? Well, this is very exciting. I've got some messages that I've been sent on Twitter. Someone who I can only describe by their Twitter name as WWRPED. And they very kindly said uh, during the podcast, my partner and I can't get enough of it. You said to contact you with interesting topics. And given that we sadly reside in Witham, could you devote an episode to Pretty Patel, please? Well, I'm sure Pretty Patel is going to pop up, WWRPED. But do we want a whole episode? I hate to disagree with someone, Cindy, but I think she's going to crop up here and there. You know, I think if you did a whole episode of anything about Pretty Patel, I think the figures would be so low that GB News would be delighted because they wouldn't be bottom of the television ratings that week. They'd go, I don't know how someone's managed it, but they've created a programme that got minus 80,000 viewers. But it's a lovely, lovely thought, and thank you very much. Steve Clark says, thanks for fixing the sound, which I have to thank other people rather than me, because if it was me, I would just do this podcast, sat in the park shouting, not even with a megaphone, until I was taken away. The uh, Jonathan Tarpley says, a podcast question, what the fuck is going on with the weather? I'm acclimatised to three warmish days and a thunderstorm comprising summer. What is this? It's an excellent question. It's the climate change question that we will be addressing very, very soon if we're not washed away by the rising sea levels. And Stuart at Orchard 363 very kindly says, I've just discovered your podcast and delighted to see that you're just like us so far in that all your predictions have been 100% wrong. And I pride myself in that. And like anybody who watches a lot of sport, I'm very, very happy to say that it doesn't deter me at all from being completely adamant that I know exactly what is going to happen in the next event right up until the moment I can tell you exactly why the opposite thing happened. And he then says, and... um, uh, well, I'm mixed. I've got mixed feelings about this, but thank you very much for saying it. He then says, and I love the fact that you are continuously outmaneuvered by someone that you've bred. Thank you very much, Stuart. What the fuck is going on? We can't just uh, allow older people to work out what the fuck is going on because life is even more confusing if you're under the age of 102. And so luckily I have bred someone in order that they can discuss this with me. Elliot Steele. Now, one of the great results of Freedom Day has been festivals, open air festivals. But what's it like if you're your age going to festivals now and seeing like Glastonbury, for example, where the average age of people there is 90? Yeah, why why do old people keep coming to things? (laughs) Stop it. Go raise your kids. Their kids are grown up. They come with them. Yeah, I, I don't like it. What's the cut-off point here, then? Okay, I'd say between 21 to 45. Hang on. Right, then, half the bands wouldn't be able to get there, then. Yeah, actually, you're right. If the Gallaghers stopped coming, then half the old people would stop coming. Because this is the problem. They always book some band for old people to come and just stand and go, oh, do you remember when we first saw them at the Shuts and Shuts Empire back in 1942? Like, oh, no, get out of it. I don't want old people to be at festivals. Or can old people go do their own festivals? Because you just ruin... I don't think old people realise this. You just ruin things. <laughs> what, by just existing? You're just like a reminder of what's to come. Do you know what I mean? It's like an old person. It's like, imagine you were watching a game of football 
but during a game of football, you saw what the final score was going to be. That's what having an old person at a, a thing is like. Is it shit? I'm going to be that. Oh no. So latitude is latitude sort of started this really, didn't it? That was very much the one the festival for. Like there's a poetry tent and there's there's a literature tent. And latitude gets a pass. It's weird though, latitude, because it's it is in the day. It's like, oh look, we're all having a, a you know a, a cider and we're watching Josh Widdicombe. Isn't this great? Uh, and that's like it. And then at night, all those people's like fourteen-year-old kids go out and take pills in the woods, but they're all like cool with it. So it feels really weird. Like I remember going to see a DJ there, and everyone there was like fourteen, and I was like twenty, and I was like, I'm too old for this. And we looked around and we went, no, and we just went and had a beer in the backstage area. Oh, so you were too old. Well, we were like, we like, we were like, this is no. And there's probably a podcast going on right now where those 14-year-olds are going, why do 20-year-olds have to come and ruin it? Yeah, but I saw I was ruining it, and I left. I realised that I wasn't wasn't part of it. All right, then. But it's not just festivals that you guys ruin. It's just just everything. And also, I don't know why old people, for some reason, have to come give young people life advice when you're, you're just trying to sit at a festival. Just go away. We don't, we don't want your advice. We are all in a field pissing and shitting into mud. Why would I come to you for advice? I would come to somebody who is not doing this when they are 50. For I would go, how do you not go do that when you're 50? And they go, well, I just accept the responsibilities of being an adult. And I'd go, wow, how do you do that? So you want to get out of this feeling then of, of needing to go to festivals? Well, I just, I just accept that when I'm older, it's not for me. This is the thing, is it's like, people always want to go, oh, back in our day, it was better because of this. And what they overlook is that they were young. Being Youth is the good part. That's like one of the yeah, best yeah. parts of life. So they overlook that it's not that the world's worse. We went to Glastonbury, right, when uh, I think you were about 10. Yeah. When it was like, of all the chaotic monsoon years, this was the worst. And you couldn't get anywhere at all without it being a major palaver and i remember during this journey was you know because it was like an epic journey like something like the revenant and in fact i'd have taken a bear over (laughs) over these obstacles (laughs) been a livestock mainly they're not even indigenous to the region you've just brought them in (laughs) you've brought a Kodak bear. They're native to Alaska. What yeah, the fuck I know, are they but that's what, you know, that, that was um, the bad year at Glasgow. Yeah. Remember the bear year? And then I remember at one point, right, it just absolute downpour again. And I said, no, we're going to have to just get out of this for a minute. And so, we, right, this tent, whatever it is, oh, yeah. we're all going in there. And I had you and your sister and two stepsisters, and we all went into this tent and it was the burlesque tent. And we sat and we just, I said, I don't care. We're staying, I don't care. This, we've got to get dry just for 10 minutes. And, and you and your stepsister, about the same age as you, sat on this chair. And then these women came out in this burlesque thing. And a woman started doing a strip and she had a whip. And she was cracking this whip and you were in the front row. And I thought, I don't care if the social services come and 
there's pictures and you're taken away. We've got to get out of this. And I remember you sat there like with this extraordinary expression on your face. Well, I didn't know this could happen in the world. <laughs> That's why old people should be allowed into festivals. Thank you very much for telling us what the fuck is going on, Elliot Steele. What the fuck is going on? Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, then please send me a message on Twitter, at Mr Mark Steele, and we will do our best to look at all the messages that you send. You might be able to find me on Instagram as well. What the Fuck Is Going On was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Sean Walsh and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander and Pete Sinclair. It was written by Mark Steele, James Serafinowicz and Pete Sinclair. Music by Willie Dowling. It was produced and edited by Scott and Matt at Podmonkey. What the Fuck Is Going On is a co-production between Podmonkey and Concept Industry.